0: Welcome to Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth, where we speak with heart-centered thought leaders on pathways to set yourself free. And today we have an amazing guest co-host, Maureen Higgins, who does alternative counseling and coaching. She is the owner of Wings of Freedom that just celebrated 25 years. You were ahead of your times, Um, 25 years of business, and she founded the School for Higher Consciousness, and she's someone I... Have had the delight and privilege and good fortune to learn with and uh, work with and be a practitioner with and a friend and a colleague and all the good things. So welcome, Marine. You.
1: I'm so happy to be here.
0: Me too. I'm excited for all the things we're going to cover today.
1: Me too. So.
0: And so we're thinking um, because part of. People stepping more into their sovereignty and getting free, um, definitely there are clues and keys to it in our ancestry. Um, And today we were going to talk a bit about how the ancestry influences people and where we might get stuck and where we can step into more freedom and greater healing and ease. Yes. Well, I'm
1: excited about that topic because it's so applicable to what's going on today. Yeah. Say more. Well, you know, our ancestry, I do believe that we each come in to an ancestry that has certain key issues and gifts that we've come to explore in a lifetime. And each of us that is in this ancestry is, in a sense, duplicating the things that are unresolved in the ancestry. And in garnering the gifts that have been used that, you know, are, you know, are, are there to help us with working through these, these different challenges. So I've noticed too, that people, when I see people that they're, they, they duplicate the smallest of things, you know, like it could be an obvious one where you have a child and you go, Oh my God, it's just like my sister or, (laughs) you know, Oh geez, just like mom or grandma, that kind of thing. But Uh there, there could be things that are less obvious too where it could be, but, you know, even a few generations back that we're duplicating things that started back then. Typically, though, you'll if you know enough about your ancestry, you'll see that there's certain issues that seem to repeat with a lot of people. Not everybody in the ancestry is repeating the exact same things, but a lot of people. Totally. You know, somebody else is repeating something that's a little different, but we're all we're all acting out the unresolved issues. So by knowing what they are and working with them, we can really free ourselves up.
0: Agreed. And I think uh, so much of it, you know, even epigenetics has caught up with, you know, they used to say we influence, um, we're influenced by your ancestry seven generations backwards and forwards in time. And now I think we're up to 14 generations backwards and forwards in time. And that's just been in like, you know, since 2012, um, at least in this timeline, since 2012, that that has sped up to show how much we're influenced and how far back and I think if you even go one more generation back it's where we're all related right well I you know that's the confusing
1: because every it depends on your age I suspect right but I, I always thought geez probably the 1400s that were all related and And you wonder where where we all were. I mean, I know in my family, even though you get the you know the ants, you know what your ancestry is, and even DNA can confirm for some people what your ancestry is. But everybody in my family goes back to France if you go back far enough. Oh wow! Yeah, so everybody, so on both sides, all lineages. So you wonder how much France is a part of where we're all from, but. You know, you'd have to look at everybody's ancestry, but
0: yeah, it's very interesting
1: to see how we're really all related when you go far enough back.
0: Totally, and how much those patterns keep repeating until the soul learns, like you were saying, how to heal it. Otherwise, you know, I think about too. Like people will say, "Oh, bad knees run in the family," right? Mm -hmm. And my dad was a knee doctor, or um, uh, we always make chicken noodle soup the way that our great-great-grandma made it. Like, there are certain patterns. I mean, those are just, like, some simple examples. But then there's larger patterns that we're here at this time on Earth to really heal, like addiction and trauma and abuse and, um, you know, maybe not using our voice or shutting down, not using our gifts because we felt like we couldn't. We would be killed for them. Um, yeah. What are you seeing in terms of? Well,
1: I know I agree with all that. And I think every ancestry has those issues like abuse, you know, trauma, um, addiction, even though it may not be something as much in some ancestries as others. But I think it, it is there for everyone. And collectively, we're uncovering just looking at what's going on in the world. And of course, everybody has a different slant on what's going on with the world, because that's kind of how it works is whatever your filter is, your Perception that's going to influence how you view things. And so I think it's always good to update your filter, your belief system, too, so that you can be informed, but not locked into the problems of what's going on around us. It's like we want to know what the problems are or the issues, and then we want to know that we can work them through. And I think that's the beauty is that we can work these things through.
0: Agreed. Yeah. And so much of the work you have brought forward and and others on the planet at this time is really giving a pathway for people to start to work through it. Instead of having to just repeat the pattern, um, we actually can make positive change by healing ourselves. We positively influence our future and backwards ancestry which always gives me great hope as I think about, like, okay, wow, there's some heavy stuff in my ancestry that needs some attention, and it's definitely influenced my life. And yet the more I heal myself, the lighter I feel, Um, and I see it rippling outward, you know, backwards, but also, I mean, if we're using that directional, backwards and forwards, and hopefully my kids will have an easier uh, they won't have as many things to attend to. They may have different things to attend to.
1: For sure I, that, is, that is really de- that is really it. And I think that the thing that can be hard for people in my experience is when you first start on a healing path to mm-hmm. even you know, to work on yourself, which then you know is transforming these ancestral issues, that it can be difficult at first, meaning that let's say you're feeling terrible if you have some abuse. But well, you might feel even worse for a short period of time because all the stuff that you need to clear is coming up from inside your inner self. It's like it's perhaps been dormant, but mm-hmm. yet bothering you. And all of a sudden it goes from dormant to active state and then you feel worse for a short while. And so it can be easy to quit and not want to do the work. Mm-hmm. But if you hang in there. Usually, you know, depending on what it is, after a period of time, because I know, you know, both you and I have gone through that where you feel absolutely worse for a while.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: all of a sudden, you start feeling better and better and better. And, you know, it doesn't mean other things won't come up later, but you have the foundation now to be able to work with things in a much easier way. And I remember there was a book I read um, in grad school by by a psychiatrist named Bruno Bettelheim. And I remember he was somebody that went into the Holocaust and, you know, he, he or he was in the Holocaust. He was in in the uh, in, you know, he was put in one of the concentration camps and he was interviewing different people. And he also saw that if you have if you feel like there's some sort of a purpose to why you're doing something, that it's much easier to heal. Mm-hmm. And so if your purpose is that you're healing your ancestry, he found certain people thought that they were, you know, that they were helping to heal, um, you know, the the Jewish community by, you know, by standing strong and not letting, letting themselves be sucked in or whatever. He said, if you don't have that, he found that it was, he, he called it a house of cards that later hmm. on, if you, if you were purposeless, then all of a sudden you might put on a facade, but then all of a sudden you're going to fall apart like a house of cards, which, you know, that's why I think it's important to know that what you're doing with healing does have a purpose. Mm-hmm. It's healing yourself, but it's also helping your ancestry and it's helping the collective too.
0: Absolutely. And you're, I think it's such an important point you bring forward in terms of like, it can sometimes, I know for me, there was relief that I finally understood what was underneath the heaviness that I had been carrying probably for lifetimes, but for sure, this lifetime. And then there was those feelings of, wow, this is intense, like, Mm -hmm. and hard. And, you know, and, but I it was like some, but I also knew that it was some of my greatest work I could possibly do for myself and for my children and some of my physical, like some of the physical autoimmune stuff started to resolve and it got me so curious of like, what's the possibility? Like when we, when I had the um, space and the support to go more into that, um, I found it, really helped shift my physical, mental, and emotional. And even though it was hard at times, and even though it was exhausting at times, and like, wow, I I really signed up for a lot this round. (laughs) Right. But you know what, it could be that you, I think that you were given the gifts
1: and the resilience to be able to do it, you know, so that's the thing is that, and they. they, I remember when I first went into grad school, there was this whole thing about resiliency, like, Mm -hmm. geez, I do some people get through it easier than other people? Well, I do think this purpose thing is a big part of it. If you don't have a purpose for it, like when I went through my, you know, initial healing journey, I felt like I was going to help my, you know, help myself be able to work in the field by understanding all these different, totally.
2: Different
1: and so that was my purpose is to heal myself, but also to be able to bring it to other people. So that was a strong purpose. And that got me through it. And I also felt like it would help my children. And then later I found that, geez, I'm really helping, you know, a lot more than just that. Right. But that really helps. So if you can really find meaning in what you're doing, and also a lot of all these issues that we're going through are collective base. So, you know, by a lot of them, if you look at it, if you we might have a subcategory that we're working on, but the category itself, let's say trauma, there might be a subcategory like physical abuse or sexual abuse or cult abuse or whatever it might be, you know, those subcategories are going to be found within many, many lineages and and places. But the topic itself is everywhere. So you're really helping considerably when you you work on these topics. So that's a big purpose in itself.
0: Totally. And I agree. I feel like it's made me... um... I mean, I feel more at home and seated in myself with doing that work. And it's made me a better practitioner and able to support people in a different way as you, you know, that larger purpose is such an important piece. And uh, going back to the example you gave, I mean, I think when we do have a larger purpose and understanding of that purpose, um, with it comes such great hope that mm-hmm. it that kind of there's a buoy even in the difficulty of it
1: no definitely and one thing that you know I've thought about many times is that especially in my generation you know I was born in you know in the 60s and in and in, in it's still there but not as much I think it's getting a little more real but it was almost like a you know you're expected to live this fairy tale life mm. you know like you got, you married uh, the knight in shining armor, you know, you, you know, you had the perfect children. You did the, you know, it was like you have the series of things that was expected and it was all supposed to be happening in a way that was very successful. And if not, then geez, you know, you failed. Right. Or you're wrong with you where there's, you know, you did something wrong or, you know, you should have done something differently and all of that. But what if that's not the case? What if, what, and I've seen that with many families where, the parents are great parents and, you know, the children are still struggling because they're acting out some ancestral pattern and, 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 the, and the children pick those parents so that they'd have optimal support to be able to work it through. So, I mean, we don't really understand all the reasons why we go through these life experiences, if we, look, especially if we look at the old model, like. You know, this is how life should be. It's like we're fed a a fairy tale or something that doesn't really fit reality.
0: Well, I almost feel like that fairy tale um, paradigm from the 60s, 50s, 60s uh, was to keep people from looking at the difficulty and to keep them, you know, a little bit in denial or a lot in denial. Because if you start to peel it back, you can't hold that fairy tale together very well, right? Like it all, (laughs) it all moves to, it all crumbles or it's like that house of cards. Um, Well, that's, that's really true. And I think too, that if you, uh, if you decide that the
1: fairy tale isn't real, then you don't have, then you can, yeah, you can heal yourself more fully. Cause if you really buy into it, you can't really make forward movement.
0: Right. Cause you have to spend so much energy holding that fairy tale together, at least. Right. Uh, that was, um, I know my mom would always talk, my mom um, was, you know, ahead of us, right? Like she was born in the 30s and she would always talk about the loss of the dream, um, that there was a certain dream she was fed. And, and when she really turned into it and realized that that was, you know, not reality and she had to take action she had a lot of grief around it. And at, the, at her age, she's in her eighties now, that was much harder. Um, there wasn't as much support, uh, around in terms of healing work. Yeah, really none. <laughs> I mean, right? you know, I
1: remember <laughs> the 1970s there was a, a little bit of movement towards, you know, going to psych- to therapy. I mean, there are some people that were able to find different sources of therapy, but basically people really were worried about going into the mental institution. And I've, I've worked with a couple of clients that are older that actually did end up there. One woman, she said she was talking about women's rights and her husband thought she was losing it. And, you know, even though in put her in the mental institute, and so she would get electric shock every time she talked about women's rights. Wow. And so she finally learned that, geez, maybe I should just be quiet and not talk about the talk about this, because that seems to be getting me in trouble. Right. And so yeah, they finally let her go because she quit talking about it. And, you know, she's had to work that through her whole life and she's in her eighties and, you know, just a, you know, wonderful person. And, you know, that's the kind of thing. And I've heard that my grandma used to always say, you know, if you have too many problems, you, you'll you end up at an Oka state hospital. So likely there was somebody in our family that did, right. you know, even though we no, were we talking about it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know there were people in my mom's ancestry who that happened to and, uh, It's. I mean, it's tragic, and and thank goodness we are we've moved farther out of that paradigm. And I know there's more work for us to do, but let's continue the conversation after we take a brief break and return to exploring sovereignty with Elizabeth and Marine, as we discuss the ancestry and the healing journey and all the things that can come forward when we take that turn to heal ourselves and others at the school for higher consciousness we are committed to raising the level of consciousness on the planet by educating and empowering people to grow evolve and live well we are dedicated to supporting people through this critical time on the planet our classes provide a path that deeply connects you to your inner power and higher levels of consciousness. We inspire, teach, and empower people to develop the skills and practices needed to energetically heal, grow, and connect more fully to their life purpose. Learn more at schoolforhigherconsciousness.com, schoolforhigherconsciousness.com.
2: At some point, we've all probably felt like we're stuck in a rut when it comes to our health whether it's something physical, digestive, or emotional. You may have even gone to the doctor only to feel like the root causes weren't being addressed. So why not try another approach? This is Dr. Erica Way with Beyond Chiropractic. I'm a holistic practitioner that will take the time to empower you to transform so you can manifest your optimal life. At Beyond Chiropractic, we use QNRT, Quantum Neuro Reset Therapy. QNRT resets the brain's response to emotional triggers by addressing past and present trauma. By resetting the brain's response to emotional trauma, you can clear the way for your physical body to heal. Don't let unresolved issues hold you back. Go to beyondchiropractic.com and discover the answers your health deserves. Find out more and how to book an appointment at beyondchiropractic.com.
3: If stress, pain, or fatigue are part of your life, then consider that your pain and tension may be indicators of what's amiss in your life, and it's time for a new perspective. At Resolve Pain Guru, we're here to help you reconnect with yourself, release tension and pain, move better and sleep better so that you can do more of what you love. You have the power to take control of your healing journey with our online six-week Change Your Pain course. Learn somatic practices to tap into the wisdom of your body, and then learn to trust your intuition. Challenge your thinking and embark on a transformative journey with Resolve Pain Guru as your guide, unlocking infinite rewards along the way. Experience the life-changing benefits of somatic practices at resolvepainguru.com. Register for our six-week pain relief starter series and start your journey to a pain-free life of joy. That's resolvepainguru.com. resolvepainguru.com.
0: Welcome to Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth and my guest co-host Maureen Higgins from Wings of Freedom, who's also the founder of School for Higher Consciousness. And we're in studio talking about the adventure of healing yourself and your ancestry and why that matters. And so, I mean, there's we talked about some of the obstacles, I guess, in segment one, In terms of like, it doesn't always feel great to, you know, as where you're doing that healing journey, it can activate a lot of things that maybe were dormant or we suppressed or pushed down because we weren't in a space at the time to deal with it as it happened. And so sometimes that can be kind of um, intense when you take the time to heal those larger patterns and your own in my own life or in someone's own life and also in that connect to the ancestry since the ancestry will repeat those patterns until one of the ancestors says, okay, enough, we're going to heal this. We're going to stop this pattern. We're going to shift. But what does the healing, I mean, what are some ways that I know there are as many ways to heal as there are people and you've done a lot of work bringing um, some of the healing work way forward so that people can do greater work to heal themselves and their ancestry more effectively and efficiently. Let's talk a little bit about that. Thank you, Elizabeth. Well, I feel, I kind of call
1: myself a scribe. You know, I would I would work with people and then I would see kind of what worked and what didn't work, for example. And then I would write down different things that would work. And then I would, I you know, I put them into protocols so that I could turn them into manuals that now are being used as part of the school for higher consciousness
0: but one thing i one and thing i did just to say is. thank you for having that kind of uh receptivity and discipline to do it that's a big well, gift a big gift you've given many so
1: well i've always been a very disciplined person so maybe that's why i was picked as the scribe totally <laughs> like i picked people they know they are going to do it yep <laughs> but you know, I found in, in a lot in everybody, you know, I'd say most people know this now, but that our issues get locked into our body. Yes. And so we hold on to it. It's it, a lot of times it's dormant for a while, meaning that we're, you know, we're not ready to deal with it. So we repress it, yep. you know, it can be association where we leave our, our spirit leaves our body, which everybody does that to some degree, some people more than others. Some people really that's almost like they're out of their body and functioning, almost like looking down at themselves. I've had people describe that. Yeah. Where they're not really. I've really had that. Them. yep Yep. And so you want to clear out the issue, like the heavy energy and slowly bring the spirit back in. So a shaman would call that a soul retrieval. Indeed. And that's the that's the most important part of the work is to clear the body and bring the spirit in the spirit, your spirit or the soul retrieval. Is going to create a permanent positive change. If you don't bring your spirit in, a lot of times what will happen is things will start, you know, reversing back to what they were. So we always do that, and I know you do that too, Elizabeth. Yeah. You know, you always bring your the, the the person you you put the intention that their spirit comes back in, cleansed and purified. And then also, what I've what I noticed, I think that you know, when I look back, probably in twenty ten or eleven. Um, I remember my grandmother, who was one of my favorite people. It's strange. I think about her almost every day. <laughs> and she was she was my dad's mother. Okay. And I remember she would hang around me a lot after she died. She died in 1992. And I remember I had this kind of a ha experience probably in 2010. It's like, oh, my gosh, I wonder if she crossed over. She's,
0: <laughs> she's so there. You know. <laughs> right.
1: And you know, there's lots of reasons why people don't cross over one of them, which was the case for her was that she, you know, I think she was worried about me or she wanted to hang around me, that kind of a thing to make sure I was okay because we, I was, you know, we were so close. She didn't want to leave. You know, she wanted to hang out with the people that she loved. Like she probably felt like if she crossed over that maybe she wouldn't be able to, you know, see us anymore. And, another, you know, so that, that was her reasoning behind it from what I could tell. And then um, other people won't cross over because they might have a belief in heaven, hell, purgatory. And, geez, did I do a good enough job to get to the right place? Right. You know, so I think I'll just stay here in the safe zone and not, you know, not move along. So that's a big that's that's a reason that I see once in a while, too. Or people might not trust there's something better for them if they move on from this world. And that can, you know, that's a, that's a, a reason that people can have as well. But there's, there's many reasons that, why people don't move on. They might not actually one of my cousins, she did not want to cross over because her ex-husband who she didn't, you know, who was cheated mm-hmm. on her and wasn't nice to her, came to greet her when she, when she was ready to cross over, you know, when she was starting to leave her body. Right. All of a sudden she popped back in and said, I'm not leaving if I have to leave with him. <laughs> I said, well, ask for someone else. <laughs> So but, you know, I I didn't realize that would be allowed, you know, so you know, I'm sure there's probably because he was so they were such close souls, even though he was difficult in this life. But so people don't cross over for all these reasons. And if they don't cross over, we can feel their issues and problems from that life because you don't really move out of these issues and problems until you cross over. So, you know, my grandma, um, I'd say that once I crossed her over, you know, I felt that that she could kind of move on. It, it felt yeah. like there was some sort of a stuck point. I mean, there she didn't, she was always a, you know, a good person to me, but there were some things that were, that were freed up by her moving on, but it can be really a freedom if somebody hasn't moved on that, let's say has been, you know, let's say committed suicide. A lot of times people don't cross over when they commit suicide because not because they don't deserve to cross over, but because once they leave their body, they feel so bad that they, you know, hurt people from, with their action. Yeah. So a lot of times they just hang around the people they love, really worried about them. And then, of course, that energy is locked into the field, so it's harder for people to get over
0: it. Right, because so, they have such guilt and sadness permeating the field, and the living people have a hard time digesting It makes
1: that. it harder. Yeah, yeah, it makes it harder for the living people. So, so I found that if you just, if you think somebody hasn't crossed over and, you know, if it's hard to tell, you can just, you know, if you think that, geez, I feel like I have, I, I, I get the sense that my grandmother, my father, my mother, my child or whoever, I, I think about them a lot. And there, it seems like they're almost like around me because people usually can kind of tell, even mm-hmm. though they, they may block it on some level. And if you just talk to them and tell them that you really want them to move on, you know, you love them, you want them to feel peace. And ask that a tunnel of light comes in with their loved ones and spirit guides to help them, and even let them know that you don't have to go with anybody you don't want to go with. I kind of learned mm-hmm. that from my cousin, or you know that you you know there's no you can nobody's going to go to hell. That's a belief system that we were taught.
0: Yeah, to keep us actually imprisoned or enslaved.
1: <laughs> yeah, a lot of that was made up, I think, by Emperor Constantine. I think you're right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because if you look back at the history of Christianity, it's it's really a monarch thing. You know yep. Jesus is called Lord, and I'm sure that's because, you know, the Lady and Lord kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And I think this was a wonderful Master Healer, and you know, a wonderful human and all that. But not everything that is said about him may be true. For example, you know, so then right. people start. Believing well, I think that- he was.
0: I think he was threatening because he was showing the fullest potential of the human. And, totally. And I think that that scared people who felt that they were supposed to be quote-unquote in charge and what happens if everyone's in their fullest potential. And what happens is the place is a much happier place to be with a lot more love and everyone's in their gifts, talents, and everybody rises instead of self-sacrifice and staying at a lower frequency. But people who were in that ruling state and sometimes still are now have a hard time imagining what that might be like if they sit in their full potential and let others be in their full potential and not in a power control situation.
1: No, it's really true. I remember when I really started learning a lot more about it. Again, in grad school, I read a book called um, The World Religions by Charles Monroe, Mm -hmm. who was a a professor. I don't Did you read that book too? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so he talked about that. And so it's like, you know, like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense.
0: (laughs) Right. And how much, you know, religion was used to try to control instead of to lead people more in to their sovereignty and and spiritual freedom
1: for sure so I, you know so th- i think that a lot of people get stuck in that too that's another thing that a person can clear from their ancestry too is if people felt like they're not worthy because of religion that that they can't move to their full potential they have to self-sacrifice but I think you want to always be there for people as much as you can, but totally not 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 self-sacrifice to the point where you're burning, you know, you're you're hurting yourself because of it. You know, there's like a fine line between being supportive, yeah and you know, and and hurting yourself. So, yeah. you know, all that kind of thing. It, you know, you have to look for, and everybody needs to think about it in a way that's going to help them. We all have a little different viewpoint on things, for sure
0: yeah absolutely so so some first of all, you saw what were similar patterns when you were working with people. I noticed that too, um and then you had the discipline to write down the patterns you were seeing in ways that were efficient at helping people heal, so you took that like that discipline to mm-hmm. scribe it so that other you could train other people like myself and and others to be teachers and practitioners of the work that you uh, got to witness. And then you also started to notice that when people who die, which in this modality we call lost souls, that mm-hmm. haven't crossed, they become a lost soul if they don't cross over. They have an opportunity to cross over when we transition um, to a higher realm and thinking and feeling state, and um, sometimes for whatever reason, worries, beliefs, you know, false beliefs, uh Unresolved issues, they might linger. Um, mm-hmm. But by crossing them over and supporting them crossing over, it doesn't lock in those patterns as entrenched or deeply as they would otherwise be if the person doesn't cross over. And I it think it can be
1: like a significant shift. And I'm sure you felt it too. In totally. Some cases. I have. <laughs> it's significant. Other times it's more subtle, and other mm-hmm. times it's very significant where it's like, wow. I didn't realize that was affecting me that much. And there's other things, too, you know, that can really affect people as well. You know, sometimes just just the belief systems, if you can ask to move them out of your body and out of the field, you can see that there's an outdated one like, you know, like the self-sacrifice, for example. Mm-hmm. There's ways that you can move that out of your body and then also ask that it's cleared from the ancestral field as well. It's almost like there, to me, it almost looks like there's an energy field that overlays all of us that are in the same ancestry. And we can pull that off of the ancestry off of ourselves and bring in a lot of freedom as well. Mm-hmm. So There's a lot of different things that a person can do to, to work through it.
0: Yeah. And I think it's, you know, going back to one of your earlier points um, in the segment about how the issues, the way I frame it is the issues stay in the tissues until we're ready to, to release and heal them. And it's that cellular memory that we hold. Um, and when we take the time to slow down and wherever we're feeling that sensation of constriction or tightness or pain or, you know, when I really, I mean, for me, I ignored it for so long that I got physical symptoms, right? And had the experience of alopecia. And, that got my attention finally, right? Like, I was like, well, why do I have alopecia? Like, I thought I was, you know, having a pretty decent, like eating, you know, of course, I could up my eating scale at that point. But I thought I ate decent and, you know, had some of the pillars in place. But it was like, my higher self, that place of wisdom and Discernment and higher knowing and thinking, and can see all the answers and gives it to us, as you say, as we need them, not before. Um, Although sometimes I want them before. Uh, (laughs) Was like, okay, she's really, I was being pretty stubborn and not wanting to look at it, and maybe not in the space to look at what I needed to until I lost my hair. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, What is this? And, you know, having gone to many medical practitioners who said, you're the healthiest person we've seen, you know, even male, even (laughs) male. And I was like, wait a minute. At male, I'm the healthiest person you've seen. But yet I have a major symptom. And like you can't, you know, they could trace it to stress, which I do think is the underlying cause for a lot of things. For sure. Um, like a root cause for sure, and everyone's stress presents differently with different symptom patterns, but it made me so curious. I was like, there has to be more to this than just that. Um, and so that that propelled me to go further in. But otherwise, I was really trying to st- st- stage it off. What is that word? Stage it off? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Save it up. So, um, I'm grateful that we have a lot of ways that people can heal themselves, you know, and this being one way through, uh, the work that you've brought forward in the world at the school for higher consciousness. Uh, I, you know, we both work in somatics and, and other modalities too, um, and I think it's so important that people have different um, methods that become the just right stimulus for them to take the healing journey, even when it's difficult. Definitely. Yeah,
1: find something that works for you and stay with it, basically. And if you need, <laughs> if you need a different approach later, you can always switch to something else. But don't, you know, don't give up because you will feel better if you continue on the path.
0: Absolutely. And I think that is a good note to wrap on that stay on the path and you will feel better even yes. in the difficult times. Um, so we are going to continue talking as we return, but this is Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth and guest co-host Maureen Higgins, and we're talking about healing yourself and the ancestry and why it matters. Elizabeth Sullivan, owner of Soma Soul Sovereignty. I teach people to transform and heal their bodies, minds, and spirits, and manifest higher consciousness. My hope with Soma Soul Sovereignty is that you open up to the power to heal yourself. We believe the power to heal is within each of us. It supports us coming home to ourselves and our authenticity. The alchemy of Soma Yoga, Ayurveda, Energy Medicine, and Multidimensional Healing is a synergistic approach that supports this self-healing state within and around us. It is filled with common sense and a deep understanding of the beauty for life and consciousness. It reminds us that our true divine nature is light, aligned with love, and when we orientate toward it, much releases, heals, and transforms. Experience the power and freedom within and ways to support your body, mind, and spirit being unified. Soma Soul Sovereignty, awaken to your light within. For more information, visit elizabethsullivan.love or somasoulsovereignty.com. That's somasoulsovereignty.com.
2: At some point, we've probably all felt a little stuck in a rut when it comes to our health, whether it's something physical, digestive, or emotional. This is Dr. Erica Way with Beyond Chiropractic. I'm a holistic practitioner that will take the time to help you transform so you can manifest your optimal life. Don't let unresolved issues hold you back. Come to Beyond Chiropractic in Oakdale and discover the answers your health deserves. Book an appointment today at beyondchiropractic.com.
0: This is Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth and guest co-host Maureen Higgins. Who is the founder of Wings of Freedom, and that is celebrating its 25 years, this August of 2023. And you also are the founder of School for Higher Consciousness, which is a school. Why don't you tell us just a little bit about that, and then let's continue forward about why some of the gifts that come from healing yourself and your ancestry.
1: That sounds good. Well, I really decided that this, I wanted to, to start the School for Higher Consciousness so that people could bring in their their teaching materials and offer it as a group collaboration. So like it, it, on there, it has my energetic healing program that I have different teachers teaching. And then there's the, Elizabeth, you have your track, the physical alchemist, Michelle Ray has. Her track on coaching and then Nancy Claremont Carr has her track on conscious leadership and I really felt like we're in a time frame where we're supposed to be collaborating in a conscious way where we're supporting each other and uplifting each other and what better way is to have something where we're doing that where we're not only uplifting the teachers and and showing how we're working together with each with, with each of our programs but then to uplift people that take the classes and initially, I thought, well, I, I had them on Wings of Freedom, and I thought, well, that was that would be fine to keep it on Wings of Freedom, but then it would just, it wouldn't it wouldn't expand the community, it wouldn't expand that whole idea that we're here to work together. Which I think that's what we're moving into. I do believe we're moving into a new era where that's it's green. about about collaboration and supporting each other, and and it's not the us against them mentality. The old corporate model is. You know, we're we're or the the one
0: up, one down.
1: (laughs) Right. We want everybody to lift up because Mm -hmm. the more you're lifted, the more I'm lifted. You know, that's really how it is. We all lift each other up. And so that was the whole reason why I wanted to start the school for higher consciousness. It came in so strong that we needed to, to do that together. And I'm really happy that we're doing that because we have a great a great group of teachers for my program that I developed, but that all of you know Elizabeth is one of the teachers who's done a lot of teaching in it and then her own program too and Michelle and Nancy's program too so I'm excited about the whole thing and I also have some energetic healing audio so if you want to I found that there was a point in time it was I don't know maybe 10 years ago where it seemed like people were really needing a session a lot more because they were they, they were they, it was like we were clearing so Fast, meaning so that fast, we're in a healing time frame in, in, mm-hmm. in history where we're all finally able to heal our our ancestry, our current life, the collective, etc., other lifetimes if you believe in that. And and it and it seemed like we were clearing so quickly that people needed to have support in between sessions, or otherwise they need they need to come in more than who could afford it. Really, you know. Mm-hmm. So I made these energetic healing audios that could that are set up like a session where. You know they're not as as good as a session because with a session you get a lot of support and help, but they definitely are a good second. They're a secondary healing tool where you can do quite a bit with them.
0: I talk about them as like almost like energetic supplements. Like you take your, you know, you might take your vitamins or your herbs or whatever supports your physiology staying in balance. And this feels like an energetic. The audios feel like an energetic supplement that support continued healing in between sessions. So. I'm very grateful that you have done that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was it felt important
1: to do that. And I know a lot of people are developing tools to do that and we need that. So again, find a tool that works and stay with it.
0: <laughs> I know. <laughs> what that well, I mean, that even goes back to the Yoga Sutras, right? It's practice over time creates change, you know, and so what are your practices? Like and and having non attachment, but But continue, you know, meaning non attachment that some days it feels great to do the practice, whatever the practice is that's working for you. And some days it's like, oh, this is sludge. But as long as we keep showing up and doing what is working over time, then we see the transformation and the transition into a higher level thinking and feeling state and uh, different frequency than maybe what we were um karmically born into with our ancestral patterns that are like hey this is going to help your soul learn and this is set up to help your soul learn and you know can you say yes to it and if you can then all those gifts talents and attributes start to come forward that totally yeah so i mean let's talk a little bit about that like so we have the School for Higher Consciousness, which is a place that people can go and learn with some support in small community, um, with practitioners and, and teachers who have been trained in different modalities, and so a lot of us trained um, in your modality as well. Um, but why like uh, why do sometimes well, here's the question: Why do sometimes people avoid some of the gifts, talents, and attributes?
1: Well, I think it can be belief systems too. Like there w- there was an expression that used to be there a lot when I was younger, like you're too big for your
0: britches. Oh know. yeah. <laughs> My grandparents no. used to say that. <laughs> I know that one. Yes.
1: It's like, you know, like you don't want to have too big of an ego. Right. But like yeah, if You're thinking I, you're better than everybody else. Yeah, sure. You know, but that's not the point. The point is, no. is everybody, you want everybody to, to embrace their gifts and talents. So The reframe is that, no, it's true. We don't want to have a big ego and think we're it. Right. But we do want to fully embrace our gifts and talents and also help other people do the same. Again, if I'm in my full gifts and talents, then... It, it gives a role modeling to you, right. you know, not you in particular, because you're, I think you're doing it, but you know, to, to have everybody move into their gifts and talents. So.
0: And it shifts an old paradigm that people need to feel threatened by someone who's seated in their gifts and talents. And, 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 and it shifts that so that people get excited. It's like, Oh my gosh, you're doing great work. That's so cool. Like I'm doing this. And, you know, and then people get to like, make some sort of synergy together. Definitely.
1: That's, that's, that's exactly it. So, yeah. So we want to be able to uplift each other in our gifts and talents. And I feel like I feel blessed because the community that's been formed around the school for higher consciousness and the people that I've met, I tend to meet people that are on that path. So a lot of times we do attract what we're, what we believe or what we're looking for. And and if we're not, it it's just a matter of looking at like what beliefs do I need to let go of so that I can shift and change because we all have room for growth. So it's not, you know, you hear of like The Secret, for example, where it says just think positive thoughts and, you know, then your your life is going to be better. I mean, there's definitely truth to that. But you also, I believe, have to let go of some some beliefs or something that's in the way so that you can really embrace what you want. So right. If you believe if you believe that if you want something but you believe that you're not you don't deserve it, well that energy of I don't deserve it might get in the way. So then you want to, you know, figure out where is that coming from? Maybe it's an ancestral thing, likely it is because you know, but it could be that it also came from your personal life and something happened to you that made you feel that, etc. So I think that these things get in the way of us embracing our gifts and we want to we want to clear the way so that we we can we need everybody to embrace their gifts it's more important than ever right now because I do believe and a lot of people believe that we're moving into a whole new era of change
0: mm-hmm. and
1: we want to we want to make sure that we we bring those gifts along with us to create it
0: Absolutely. And I think, you know, everything is energy, including our physical nature. It's just a denser energy. And so when we're still holding those energetic patterns of like, I'm not worthy, or, you know, I don't deserve it, or whatever the energetic pattern is that is getting in the way of our positive thoughts, uh, trying to manifest, it creates um, more of a struggle than it needs to be. And so... The more we can transform that and and pull in the gifts of our soul, because you know, I, I, in my experience of doing this work, and which I know you have also experienced, it's like our our soul is bigger than this expression of Elizabeth Sullivan or Maureen Higgins in this form. And the more we can bring in the gifts of our soul and heal those patterns that keep we keep running into like, oh, you again, <laughs> like here it is again. Um, the easier it is uh, for those gifts uh, from our soul to manifest.
1: One, one note too is I was just thinking about how sometimes, you know, you feel like you've cleared something and then all of a sudden it pops back and you kind of made a reference to that, you know. Yeah. You know, that it, like, you know, like if there, I do think we, it, it's kind of like, We've come to clear certain issues and we're not going to start with calculus and end up with arithmetic, right? We're right. going to start with arithmetic and move to, to calculus. So it's a mastery program. So just because we cleared something doesn't mean there's not more mastery. And that just happens to be the the, the muscle the push against to create that mastery. So as we master whatever it is that we've come to work through, then our gifts and talents can can also amp up.
0: Yeah, well said. I mean, I agree. And I think that sometimes I I remember once thinking, like, aren't we – do we ever get to completion or, like, done? And, I mean, silly me. But um, because I think if we're here in human form, you know, divine beings in human form, we're always learning and expanding and trying to hold – You know, one of the translations for human is light being and trying to hold more light. And so what is it that gives us more light? You know, whether it's in thoughts and memories and emotions and food, sunlight, how do we bring more light into this light body?
1: Totally. That is really the that is really the goal, and the more we let go of the issues and bring our own spirit in, do that soul retrieval, mm-hmm. the more light we're gonna definitely carry.
0: Yeah, but the
1: body isn't used to it a lot of times, so that's the challenge. Is that mentally, this can get a lot of people into I don't know if trouble is the right word, but you know, <laughs> yeah. it, it's like like they just it's it's hard to comprehend. Maybe yeah, it's you know, it's almost like they feel you know your mind is like well. I get that belief that that doesn't work for me, right? So mm-hmm. you get that you get that. but yet your emotions are still saying, I don't get that. right. Your body is the last typically to understand that that belief doesn't work.
0: right.
1: So it's uh, you know, you heal mentally, typically, mentally first, typically emotionally second and physically last. And so it can feel too that you know that we doesn't things don't always make sense because mentally we're ready or we're done with that issue or whatever or even mentally we may understand that we have that gift and talent, you know that we are leaders, we are do you know people um, you know we are able to do some energetic healing, coaching or whatever the gift and talent is. I mean there's so many of them. And that our body may not quite get it. Like our body may be saying, well, geez, I don't know about that. You know, that (laughs) ancestral belief is still there, even though mentally you might be like, yeah, let's do it. And then your body's like, well, I don't know. (laughs) My leg kind of hurts.
0: I don't think I'm going to move forward today. (laughs) Right. Which is a symptom pattern when when your leg hurts. It's like, you know, the symbology of that is it's like you might be having a hard time stepping forward. Right. (laughs) I mean, right. Yeah. And there can be reasons for that. Um, Yeah. Uh, And one of the things that's so exciting about this time, so, you know, so if you're listening, like there is tons of hope because one of the things that's more exciting about this time is that everyone is supposed to step into their talents and gifts. And that might be, you know, One thing for one person and totally different for another person probably is, usually is, and the more we do what we love, the more people show up who are attracted to, you know, they might have similar interests or different ones that can complement each other. What else would you leave our listeners with in this last minute?
1: Boy, well, really embrace your gifts and talents. I mean, look at them, you know, really... Imagine yourself do, using them and, and see how they apply to what you're doing with your current life or what you could be doing as you move into a new life. I think we are moving. A lot of people are shifting into a whole new, you know, careers, new ways of feeling and thinking about things. So, so see your gifts, embrace your gifts, carry them within you and take one step at a time to bring them out into the world. We need you.
0: Aligned. We do. We need everyone to rise. Well, Maureen, thank you so much for joining me and guest co-hosting with me as we talk about healing ourselves and the ancestry and taking that next best step forward. You can find more about Maureen at wingsoffreedom.com or schoolforhigherconsciousness.com. Thank you. This is Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth and Maureen.